Hey there, Prayer Warriors. Mark here. It is absolutely amazing to be with you down this morning. A um, little chilly outside, but that's okay. We've got warm hearts. Let's just kind of open in prayer just for just a second and just thank God. And dear Lord, we just come to you. We give the glory to you. In good times and bad times, we lift you up. We honor your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Hey, we're, we're here in the book of Acts. Um, we're here, in fact, in Acts 16. Um, Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke, um, they are now up in the town Philippi. It's, it's, you know, over there in the far western part of Greece or western part of Turkey, over there on the Greek-Turkish border. Um, they've come in and they've met Lydia. They've got some, a strong Christian presence up there. And Philippi is actually at a big crossroads up there. So you got people coming and going. It's a fairly large population um, in regards to the entire Roman Empire. Um, it's one of those bigger cities. Uh, so it's a place of trade. And in this place, it was, as we recall, there was this young girl. Uh, she was a fortune teller. She could read your fortune. Um, but the guy, she was also a slave. So she was beholden and a slave to these you know, probably rotten guys over here, and they were using her to go out there and make money for them. Well, she kind of, you know, was possessed, and she was falling around Paul and yelling that, hey, these guys are coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, and Paul finally got fed up with it, and he says, hey, come out, demon. And this girl was healed, and no longer a slave to these guys, although she was a slave, they lost their revenues. They lost the money. And that's what happens today. You know, young men and women are taken into bondage, into slavery, and, and made to do all sorts of horrible things. Um, and in this case, it ended for this young woman. But it also ended that revenue stream for these guys, and these guys were, were ticked off, and so they went to the magistrates, and, and we'll pick it up there in, in chapter 16, verses 19. And when her master saw that their hope of profit, so they're doing it only for the money. They're abusing this young, young girl, and they're only doing for the profit. And they seized Paul and Silas and took them to the marketplace and brought them before the, the, the magistrate, started saying all these bad things about Paul and Silas. So everybody got all riled up, just as they do in many riots, as we see today in our cities. Um, they tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And so here's Paul and Silas in there. They're preaching the word of God. And, and God always said being a Christian was going to be really easy. Nothing would happen to you. Well, that's yeah, that's what we always hope for. But in this case, Paul and Silas, they were beaten with rods, and they had many stripes, and they were thrown into prison. And then the, the magistrates commanded the jail to keep them securely, so they received, you know, they went to the inner prison. This wasn't even the outer prison. This was the inner prison. They fastened their feet in stocks. And in those days... Well, and in many cases in third world countries now, um, 
the prisons in Haiti um, are just truly dungeons. They're in the basements. They might have a door on them. Um, and in this case, Paul and Silas, their feet were in stock, so they couldn't move. They weren't getting up and wandering around. They were locked down, and the jailer was there. They've just been beaten with rods, and now they're downstairs. And, you know, for most of us, we'd be down there saying, oh, woe is me. And, you know, it, we'd be talking to each other. Is this worth it? What were Paul and Silas doing? Picking it up there and... and Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were praying. And what else were they doing? Singing hymns to God. Wow. So they're in this innermost part of the dungeon in the prison. Their feet are in stocks. It's probably dark. They don't have lighting down there. Um, the jailer is sitting outside the doors and they're singing hymns, and they're praying. And you know what else happens? The prisoners were listening to them. So not only the jailer sitting outside the door, but the other prisoners down there. And unbeknownst to anybody else, suddenly there's this great earthquake. The foundations were shaken, and, and all the doors popped open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Well, the keeper of the prison was suddenly woke up, and he saw all the doors open, and he thought everybody ran away. Well, if you lose a prisoner in those days, especially with the Romans, if you lose a prisoner, death is coming to you very quickly. And in fact, what this guy did was he took out his own sword, and he was about ready to kill himself. But Paul called out with a voice and said, Do yourself no harm, for we're all in here. And so it was like, he, he, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and he says, whoa, like, what's going on here? And he says, it dawns on me, this is an act of God. This is an act of God that Paul and Silas are down there praying, and they're singing, and the doors are all opening, and there was a great earthquake. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow, that is a quantum leap in this jailer's life. And they said, very simply, very simple. This is the gospel. This is the root of the gospel, these entire 66 books. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. I'm going to say that one more time. Here in verse 31 is very clear what our lives are all about. This is what the gospel is about. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the Lord, word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. He washed their stripes. That's just as Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. This jailer who had had them locked in stocks around their feet, almost killed himself, he turned around and washed these prisoners' stripes. And then he brought him into his house, set food out, he rejoiced, and having believed in God. Well, 
that's kind of the story. This is the story, and we have so much to learn just from this part of this chapter. You know, that, that the money and putting people into slavery and, and the fortune-telling, the occult, um, what happens and the demons that that, that brings on. And the, then what follows on, it just continues to, to, to snowball. It snowballs into people wrongfully accused, Christians being thrown into jail. But what do they do when these bad things happen to good people? They sing and they pray. And it comes back to my favorite verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And what does verse 16 say? Rejoice always. And that's what they were doing. They were rejoicing by singing. They were praying. And in fact, this is in Thessalonians, and it's just a, a number of years later that Paul writes that epistle, that letter, to the church in Thessalonica. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Whether you're in jail, whether you have family problems, marital issues, whether it's an amazing day to be on the top of the mountain with God, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Well, thank you, my brothers and sisters, all my prayer warriors out there. Just have an amazing week. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing.